It's Vancouver's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Robert Smigel coming to today with Vancouver's podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Devin Dooling lives and works in Vancouver, BC. She's the owner of On the Rocks Ice Distribution and co-owner of Simply Pure Water in Victoria, BC. On the Rocks Ice makes the coolest and cleanest ice this side of the Ice Age and specializes in chilling events, hospitality, and retail throughout Vancouver and the Lower Mainland. When Devin is not talking all things ice and water-related, you can likely find her and her puppy Molly sipping on tea at a local coffee shop or on the soccer pitch with her stepkids and husband. Well, Devin, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Okay, well, tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you're from, and give us the details on your cool current business. <laughs> sure. Um, so originally, I'm from Vancouver Island. Um, I grew up there pretty much my entire life, went to school there. Um, I have um, a business degree specializing in marketing communications. Um, so that's kind of what I had done for the most part after graduating from um, university and kind of moved into that type of career, did some coordination for um, a mining and environmental company and floated around in Vancouver trying to figure out what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, And basically, I, you know, worked a lot of really great jobs that I totally loved. And then I fell into a couple jobs that I was so excited about. Um, I thought I had sort of found my dream, my dream location, my dream company. And it kind of all blew up in my face. And I had never had an experience like that before. I was sort of shocked and didn't really know what to do and sort of didn't have any explanation as to why um, I was being told the things I was and why I was being let go. Um, and at that point, I just sort of didn't know what to do. I, I had didn't had never had a, not had a job before. And I'm the type of person who likes to be busy all the time. And the busier, the better, the, the better I work, the smarter I work. And so I kind of was like, now what? It's time to... Um, you know, put on my thinking cap and figure out how to problem solve this and what am I going to do next? Um, and so around that time, an opportunity had come up for me, um, to, um, consider buying, uh, this company, um, on the rocks. So I, you know, put on my, um, you know, financial cap and I had lots of people help me and I sort of did some deep diving into the business and how, you know, it worked and how successful it was and whether I could afford to do it, whether it was something that I thought would fit for me and really just tried to, you know, understand if this was going to work for me and like, what did I see for myself? And, I figured out, you know, that I had always wanted to um, be my own boss and the idea of not answering to other people and just being the one person that could figure things out and make the decisions really appealed to me. Um, and so I sort of dove in and thought, why the heck not? And 
that's how I became the owner of On the Rocks. Um, and that's almost three years ago now. Okay. Now, did you need financing to start On the Rocks? And how do you currently I, make money in the business now? Yeah, I did. So um, obviously, because I'm not just starting a business on my own, um, I was taking over the purchase of the company. I obviously needed to find the funding to do that. So I was really lucky that I had some family who were able to help me out with this. Um, Otherwise, I probably couldn't have made it work. It's pretty tricky to find financing when you, you know, maybe don't have, um, you know, I mean, I'm a little bit younger than some people and maybe, you know, I don't have that, you know, background or that equity already built up and, um, it can be, you know, a tricky thing to navigate, um, certainly, but I was really lucky and fortunate that I had some family members who were able to help me. And, um, so that was great. So that allowed me to actually purchase the company outright. And then in our first year, um, of owning the company, I was able to pay the rest of the company, um, or pay the, um, previous owners back the rest of, um, what I owed them. So that was really fantastic. Um, so yeah, it has worked out really well in my favor, fortunately. Good. Okay. Now what is the long-term vision and what will your company look like in the future? Do you see the company expanding into other areas and where beyond Vancouver, BC, or even Canada? Yeah. So it's, um, it's a weird thing owning a nice company. I, you know, when I purchased the company, I don't think I ever really understood quite how um, competitive it can be and kind of crazy it can be and political. And especially in Vancouver, there are several different companies here. So there is a lot of competition. And to set yourself kind of apart from everybody and to try to stand out and, you know, really, um, you know, get the clients because of, you know, that competition is really tricky. So, um, for me, I would absolutely love to see this company expand. Um, I'm so excited about how we've done over the last few years, even since I've taken over, I'm really excited this year to see my, um, sales double from last year, which is a huge accomplishment. Um, and you know, it's a great little checkbox for me that lets me know that obviously I am doing some things right. So that's great affirmation. Um, and yeah, I mean, the great thing for me is that I am connected with, um, some people in on Vancouver Island who also own a nice company over there and water. Um, and then I'm a part owner in, um, another water company over there. So there's lots of different ties to the Island, which is really great and has been so beneficial for me because it, you know, it makes me feel like I'm not alone doing everything over here by myself. I have people I can turn to over there if I need to ask questions or I need some help problem solving something. Um, so that's been so great. And, There's things that, you know, potentially down the road um, when the timing is right for us and when the timing is right for them that we might be able to do together um, in terms of expanding both the ice companies and the water companies. So I'm not entirely sure what that will look like. There's lots of people over here and there's companies over here and all that sort of thing comes into play. But I certainly hope that over the next few years that we can continue to grow on the rocks and that we can just keep getting bigger and better. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Vancouver now. Yeah. What, what are the biggest benefits for you and being an entrepreneur here in Vancouver, BC? I want you to give us some of the good points 
about yep. starting a company here, but I also want you to give us some of the tough things or challenges for our listeners so they can keep an eye sure. out for them. Yeah. I mean, Vancouver is wonderful. I, you know, like I mentioned, I'm from the island. And one of the reasons that I moved to Vancouver is because there's so much more opportunity over here. It's obviously a much larger city than Victoria, and there's so much going on all the time. Um, and that's definitely one of the reasons I moved here. And it's a great reason. And it's um, certainly an, you know, a wonderful thing when you're a business owner, because there's so much happening. It's such a lively city. There's so many events, which totally works in our favor. We um, not only do we retail our ice to certain companies here in Vancouver, but our main focus is on events. So we're so lucky that Vancouver is such a happening city and people love to be out doing things and involved in their community. And as part of that, it means we can work with all these different events. So that's definitely a huge um you know, a huge plus for us. And one of the reasons that we can be so successful is there's so many things going on and so many opportunities for us to provide business to people. Um, and I think that people in Vancouver love, um, supporting their community and love supporting businesses and entrepreneurs and female entrepreneurs. And I work with some of the most wonderful people and they are entrepreneurs as well. And that's one of the greatest things that I love about this business and love about my clients is that we all have this connection in that we've either started our own business or we have purchased businesses or we work for a small business in some way. And I just feel like everybody sort of has each other's backs and it's so wonderful. So it's definitely a lot of great aspects about Vancouver. Um, downsides about Vancouver. I think that, um, it's a very competitive market. Like I mentioned before, um, I am up against, you know, a lot of other companies, some smaller, some much larger, and we're constantly trying to, you know, win, I guess, these clients from, um, for business. And, you know, sometimes that means you might lose some clients and sometimes you might get them back and sometimes you don't, but it can definitely be, um, a tricky, you know, thing to navigate. And I take it really personally if I lose a client, like it, you know, I, I shouldn't, and it's just business and that's what it comes down to. And it comes down to numbers and, um, but I always take it to heart and I take it personally and I, you know, try so hard to win them back. And, you know, if I can't do it the same year, obviously the next year I will follow up with those people. Um, so yeah, I think just for us, certainly it's just that the, um, the market can be very up and down because there are so many people competing in this, um, specific, um, Industry, you're trying yeah, in. yeah, restaurants yeah. and retail yeah. and stuff. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. We do some of our best work outside the office. Is there a place in the lower mainland close to where you live or work where you like to go recharge or get inspired with ideas or just think about your business? And does it change with yeah. the season considering all the rain we get here? <laughs> it is very rainy. It is very rainy today here in Vancouver. Um, you know what? It's funny too. I, um, because I grew up in Victoria and not a lot of people know this, but Victoria actually rains much less than Vancouver. So it's one of the things I've had to get used to in living over here is the extra rain that we see every year. Um, 
I'm really fortunate that we have a family cabin over on Salt Spring Island. So that's one of the places that I love to go. And you know what? It doesn't matter to me whether I'm there in the summer or the winter, no matter what season, I just, I love being over there. It's so much, you know, it it does so much good for your heart and for your, your brain. And it's just the best place. We, um, my husband and I got married there last year and I've gone there my entire life. And it's just something about being beside the ocean and the air is clear and the smells are different. And it's just, I love it so much. And I just find when I'm there, I can feel my whole body relaxing and it really allows me to have that time to reflect on the things that I have done over the past, you know, few weeks or months. And it allows me to think about the things and goals that I want to accomplish for the future. So that's definitely the place that I would choose to go to. Yeah. To reflect it. I find when I, when I go to the Gulf islands, I just, uh, the blood pressure, everything just kind of just goes, it's just like one of those places that it's just when you get, I've been to Maine a lot. I've been to Salt Spring, but one place I really like is Hornby. I go there and it's just like, just the atmosphere there is just so kicked back. And, yeah, yeah really it is. Nice. It's so lovely and everybody's so happy and relaxed yeah. over there. And it's just, it's so great. It's such a refreshing place to be. Okay, we have a lot of international listeners. So this next question, I want you to speak to them. If you were to start all over again and you just moved here to Vancouver, BC, but this time you don't know anyone, knowing what you know now, what would you do and how would you go about starting all over again as an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think for me over the last, you know, few months, um, maybe six, six months or so, I've really been trying to put myself out there a lot more. And that's a little, that's a hard thing for me. I, you know, um, not an introvert, I wouldn't say, but I can be quiet and I can be shy and certainly putting myself in situations where I'm forcing myself to engage and meet new people is, is definitely a challenge. So I would, you know, suggest and challenge anybody who's moving to Vancouver or anywhere and wanting to start a business to first and foremost, try to put yourself out there as much as you can, you know, see if there's groups you can join, um, you know, entrepreneur groups, small business groups, um, you know, any kind of networking group that you can find just to make connections because not only will that help you, you know, find people in the city that you can connect to and maybe talk to even outside of that networking group, but um, it just allows you to be able to have conversations with people where you can ask them questions about the things they've gone through and you can talk about the things that are maybe worrying you or stressing you out. Um, I have found, you know, been fortunate to find some groups here and um, there's a great group um, here in Vancouver called Van City Business Bays. And I know they have a few other chapters. I think there's one in Seattle and one in Victoria now. And it's a great group of women and entrepreneurs. And, you know, it's a range of people. Then they have the most interesting products and interesting businesses. And it's so lovely and has been so beneficial to be able to talk to some of these women and to really hear the things they've gone through in their own businesses and to be able to talk about the things you're going through. And and some of the things that you even feel and deal with emotionally on a daily 
send. It's great to, you know, have that affirmation that you're not the only one dealing with those things and, you know, to just know that there's other people around you that can support you and lift you up when you're, you know, maybe not feeling so great about it. Definitely. I think that would be my biggest thing is try to find some people you can connect with and reach out to when you get to wherever you're moving to Vancouver or anywhere else and just try to find those connections with other people because I think that's really important. Yeah, that's one of the things I've learned since I've started this podcast in the last four years is that women really support each other and they refer each other to the podcast and uh, they're very uh, progressive about you know supporting each other and getting the word about their business and and I really quite like that because uh, they send a lot of entrepreneurs my way to be on the show and it's really quite exciting so I back you yeah on that that's one. perfect for you and I find for me too the um you know, being an entrepreneur and, you know, it's all, it's always different, but for me, I work mainly by myself and mainly out of my home. And that means it's, you know, pretty quiet most of the time. So to have groups of women like this that you can reach out to, it adds that social aspect back into your, your, your day to day that you might be otherwise missing from working in an office environment. So you work from home. So let's talk about your morning routine. What does the first hour look like for you when you get up in the morning? Do you a specific routine or a ritual that helps you get motivated to start your day? Yeah, I think my days are pretty, you know, pretty similar most of the days. Um, the great thing about being, you know, working from home and having this business is that I have a lot of flexibility in my days and our days, you know, or my day, I should say, doesn't always look the same in terms of what work is coming in and what I need to accomplish. But generally I, you know, kind of get out of bed around 8.30. I'm pretty lucky I can sort of sleep in a little bit. Um, and then I, you know, put on the tea kettle. That's the first order of business every day for me is I need to have that cup of tea to sort of get myself awake and get everything functioning and generally get my dog out for a walk. And then um, it's onto the computer to check emails, see what's come down the line if there's people requesting ice. Um, and then I generally am sending out emails to all my clients to remind them to place orders for the week. Um, and then lots of phone calls at that point seem to be coming in. And a lot of what my job from day to day is, is just managing those conversations and relationships with my clients. And that could be, you know, just having conversations about things that are happening that, that day, or could be about booking events that are coming up in the future. So lots of paperwork and, um, phone calls and emailing. And then, um, usually after that, it's, um, checking through finances and doing some paperwork and balancing budgets and all that sort of good fun stuff. Okay. Do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way or are wired differently? <laughs> um, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I think maybe a, a little bit, you have to be, I think a little bit different. Yeah. You know, my husband always says to me that he's, you know, jealous that he can't stay home and do this too. But then the other side of that is he can't picture himself actually doing that. He wouldn't even know where to start or the things that I deal with. He says he has no idea how he would ever do that. So, um, I think, 
Yeah, I think you do have to be a little bit different. I'm thinking about my mom who's an entrepreneur and she's very artistic and has this very creative brain. And I think that's a similarity that I have. I have this creative side of me and this artistic side of me that just sort of, you know, wants to go and get things done and um, can see, you know, can sort of paint a picture of the day to day, but paint a picture of the future. Um, And I think you just have to be a very aware of, you know, your own personal limitations and desires and have that drive and determination and be able to push yourself to do things on your own, because that is something that's very difficult to do when you're working from home and you don't have somebody above you giving you deadlines. So, yeah. Okay. Entrepreneurs are big readers. What books are you reading now and why, or even audiobooks? And can you recommend any books for our listeners who are also aspiring entrepreneurs? Yeah. Um, I, you know, to be honest, I haven't read a ton of, um, you know, business or entrepreneur books right now. I've been really into just some typical, um, you know, cheesy kind of easy to read, um, mysteries and thrillers. I find that for me, I like at the end of the day to sort of turn my brain off from all the things I've been thinking about and, you know, escape into some other kind of book. So I think the most recent book I just read was the, um, book written by um the woman that wrote harry potter her name is all of a sudden jr rowling yes but she's written this whole other series of books under a pseudonym um robert galbraith so i just finished a huge book of hers um which was i thought it was pretty good um yeah i what other books can i recommend um You know, there's been a couple books, um, like startup books that I've read that have been really great. And one of the books that I have written or read in the past are um, written by uh, Stephen Covey, the highly effective books. Some of those ones are really interesting. You know, the seven habits of highly effective people. Those are just interesting, I think, to go through and and read and to be able to um, kind of see if any of those you know, those little habits and those things that he talks about, you can see within yourself. I think it's not always easy to pick those things out about yourself. So when you're reading a book like that, you can sort of look into the, you know, book and see from, you know, another opinion, like, oh, how do, you know, that is kind of like me. And that's interesting, all these things that he's saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any online, yeah. online or offline tools you use on a daily basis? Um, from us, it's mainly, um, it's mainly just emailing and phone calling. Um, we definitely have, um, you know, forms through our website and things like that. Um, but that for the most part, it's very basic for us. And for me, for, you know, I am an, a bit of an old fashioned person in that I like to hand write things, which is probably not the best. And that's rare. Got, that's it rare. is. With younger yes, entrepreneurs, I, I hear that. I hear that once in a while. And I like, wow, you guys still yeah, are writing things on pa- paper and pen, paper and pen. Yes. You know, I love to, there's nothing I love more than to write out a list on a piece of paper and then to cross each of those points off. It just makes me feel great. It makes me, you know, feel, I don't know, so accomplished. And it's my favorite thing, I think. Um, 
And, you know, I think um, I was listening to some of your other podcasts and certainly I have heard everyone talk about, you know, CRM systems that they're using. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the next step for us, I think, is, you know, I've spent the last few years really trying to learn this business and understand it and really submerse myself in, you know, figuring out how to move things forward and improve and increase sales and all those things. And I think the next step over the next few years are to now figure out how to um, step away from the paper. And we do all our invoicing and everything on QuickBooks. So that is one of the tools that we use that I really love. And it has the ability to be paperless and to just send everything, um, you know, via email or um, or through, you know, certain accounts and things like that. And I think that's the next step. I'm a bit hesitant, um, to completely get rid of the paper invoicing to our clients because a lot of them sort of, that's the only way they function. So we're a little bit limited in that and whether that, you know, can move forward completely paperless. But I think that's the next step for us is getting all of our clients into a database so that we can, you know, create better notes for things and, just have a little bit more organization and free up, free up more office space for me and get rid of all the paper that I'm holding on to. If you weren't doing what you do now, what would you like to do for a profession? Oh, you know, I, you know, what I did before this was I was in marketing communications and I worked, um, for a company called Golder Associates, which was super, I just, I enjoyed my job there so much and the people were so interesting. Um, if you, if you aren't sure, listeners aren't sure about what Golder does, they do a lot of mining and environmental work and all kinds of things like that. And I worked, um, as a marketing coordinator for the mining and oil and gas teams. And so I just, it was such an interesting job. I learned so much. I would go back to those guys in a heartbeat because they were just a wonderful group of people to work for. So something like that, if I had all the money in the world and, um, I could do anything that I wanted to do, I would be, be a professional horseback rider. Um, I grew up riding horses and, um, sort of started doing that since I was six years old and I still love to do it. It's a little bit more tricky here in Vancouver. And of course it's, an expensive hobby and sport to take up. But if, um, someone gave me millions of dollars and I could choose anything to do, that's, I think what I would do. That would make my heart very happy. What kind of a job would you not like to do? Couldn't do it. You know, I, um, you know, talk about going back to Golder or working in some kind of, you know, marketing job like that. But I think that I would have a really hard time going back to a nine to five, you know, desk job after having done, um, this, I am so lucky that I have this flexibility in my job. And, um, you know, as you mentioned, I've got two stepkids, so that's been so beneficial for us. It means I can pick them up after school when I need to, and I can drive them to school. And if somebody's sick in the middle of the day, I can go and rescue them from school. And, um, I'm able to take my dog out for big walks and there's so much flexibility with being an entrepreneur and having your own business and being able to set your hours and take some time for yourself in the day if you can. Um, so I, as much as I say, I would go back to that. I think I would have a really hard time going back to that nine to five, um, job and, and having a boss and having somebody set deadlines and tell me I had to do certain things at certain times. 
Um, so I think that if I wasn't doing this, I would have to try to find some other kind of entrepreneurial job for myself. In business, what is your favorite word, quote, or sentence that you like to use? Oh, my favorite quote of all times is, uh, though she be but little, she is fierce. Um, it is my favorite quote. It's a William Shakespeare quote. I'm probably butchering it. I'm probably missing a couple, um, a couple words. Um, but it's my favorite quote and I really like it. And it appeals a lot to me because, um, I am, as I mentioned, kind of a one woman show. I'm, I'm doing this whole thing by myself and I have support around me, which is fantastic. But at the end of the day, it's me making the decisions and me pushing things forward and figuring out how to make it work. And, um, you know, I have certainly found that there have been struggles with being a woman and, you know, being a younger woman in business is sometimes tricky and people don't always take you, um, as seriously as they might take, um, you know, an older woman who maybe looks like they have more experience or a male for, you know, that matter. So I, that, that one really appeals to me because I like people to know that, you know, just because I'm, you know, a little bit younger, just because I'm a female or, you know, just because you're not, who I'm not who you would picture me to be doesn't mean that I don't know what I'm doing and that I'm not, you know, kicking butt at what I'm doing and that I'm perfectly able to figure out your problems or help you with your situation. So I, that's a, that's the best one for me. I think I love that one. What's your least favorite word or sentence you do not like to hear? Um, least favorite thing. Um, you know, I think it's, it's hearing people apologize. You know, Canadians, obviously, we like to apologize for everything. Um, and of course, there's time and there's times and places for apologies. And certainly, if you know something's going wrong or you've made a mistake, of course, of course, you should be apologizing for those things. Um, but I think unnecessarily apologizing. I just. I think we're too quick to place the blame on ourselves sometimes and to, you know, not either stand up for, you know, maybe the decision that you've made or to, you know, if you're put in a tight spot, you're immediately apologizing for something. And I just don't think that we need to all the time. We should take ownership in the decisions we've made and the reasons we've made them and, you know, just stick with our guns and, hold true and hold fierce in, in, in what we're doing. If you had to pick one or two words to describe yourself, what would it be and why? Um, I think, um, I would say, um, organized and, uh, driven. Um, and I choose those two words because I think that as an entrepreneur in general, you have to be extremely organized. And I have grown up being an organized person. Um, I was always the girl who had a clean room and, you know, would come home after school and tidy my parents' houses, um, you know, maybe a little bit <laughs> to, you know, my detriment, a little bit OCD, I don't know, but um, you have to be extremely organized in any business, but especially when you work for yourself, because you can't let anything, you know, slip away or get away from you because once that happens, it's a slippery slope to all of a sudden being totally backed up or, you know, you're 
totally, um, you just all of a sudden have everything's piling up and it just becomes overwhelming and too much. So being organized, I think is crucial and driven. I definitely think you have to be driven to be working on your own and to be an entrepreneur. You are constantly, you know, pushing yourself for the next thing and for the you know, that the bigger opportunity and putting yourself out there and it's, you know, you have to be driven to, you know, again, be able to continue working and to push yourself forward on days where you maybe don't want to. And certainly when you work from home, that adds an extra layer of challenges because it's easy to not go to work when you're in your own home and to, you know, start doing other things like laundry or, you know, doing, you know, cleaning up your house, things that you can easily just, you know, get into because it's right there in front of you. But you really need to be driven and have that desire and passion to push yourself to do your job. What keeps you up at night, if anything? Yeah, I think for me, um, the things that keep me up at night are definitely worrying about my accounting and finances. Um, it's not my strong suit. I don't love numbers. I don't love math. I've never loved those things. Um, so for me, you know, I, if I have, you know, gone in to work on my finances and I can't get something to balance or, um, you know, something in there is just not adding up or it's missing, like that's something that will certainly keep me awake at night. And I'll be thinking about why it it is the way that it is, or how can I fix it? Or what can I do differently? And that's certainly something that, you know, will stay in my brain. Um, and I think, you know, with clients, um, if there's ever, you know, issues with clients or somebody has a problem and I'm trying to troubleshoot something and I don't have an immediate answer. Um, I think I, that's something that will keep me up is, is that, you know, fear or concern for the clients and how they're feeling and how, you know, they're, what they're thinking about things and just really wanting to leave them with, um, the best service and, you know, with a good impression and, you know, making sure that I'm able to do that, that is certainly something that, you know, keeps me awake or that I, I struggle with. Okay. I want you to give us the top three things on your inspired life list. This could be a bucket list of any sort, whether you want to write books, you want to travel, TEDx talk, philanthropy, anything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, to be honest, I mean, podcasting, that is certainly something I would say that was on my my top, you know, few lists or my top 10 list. And so I'm feeling super lucky today that I get to check, put a check mark beside that one. Um, other things, I mean, I think doing a TEDx talk would be amazing. I actually long ago worked for, um, at the event company that put on TEDx. So, um, and Ted in general. So I am very familiar with that whole process and gosh, if I ever had the opportunity to do that, I would, I would love that so much. Um, someone did mention to me the other day about writing a book and I think that would be pretty cool. I, you know, at this point, I'm not sure what I would write about, but maybe that's something for down the line once I've been doing this a little bit longer. And, um, for me, you know, travel is, is super important and, you know, spending time with family and, um, you know, those are, I think, bucket list things for me. And then I think just seeing the business grow and, you know, I'm not sure what that's going to look like down the road, but, um, just creating more opportunities for myself. And I think that, 
um, doing things like this podcast and writing books. And those are all opportunities to help me do that. Do you have any advice that you've may have received that you can pass on to entrepreneurs throughout BC? Yeah, I think, um, you know, some of the biggest things for me are, um, whether they've been things that people have told me, um, or whether I've learned them on myself, um, through myself and through doing this. But I think one of the biggest things that I've ever had anyone, um, tell me is to, um, to know you like to know yourself and to know your client and to know your own product, because it's easy to, um, you know, for me, it's a product and I, you know, have to know how much product I have on hand and where it's going and when I need to buy more, um, bags to make my product. And there's all these little bits and pieces about it that you need to kind of constantly be on top of. And I don't think I initially knew how many little things there were that I needed to constantly be aware of. And that was, I think some of the best advice that I received is to, to know everything, to know your product really well, to know what you're selling, to know what you're standing behind and to know all the little bits and pieces so that you can make those really good informed decisions and that you can stay ahead of, you know, the game by making sure you need to replenish things or order things or whatever that might be. Um, and to know your clients really well too, because, you know, you're building relationships with these people and they're trusting you and they're trusting your, your product or your service. And, um, you need to know what makes them tick. You need to know what things they like and they don't like. And, you know, to get feedback from them is, is great and is definitely a helpful thing that I would encourage anybody to, to do as well. Okay. Devin, are you ready to have some fun? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Well, as you know, entrepreneurs are very, very busy people. We're always multitasking. We're always managing clients, staff, you name it. We're always on the go. But we're going to take you away from all that. There's a small tropical island just off of Fiji that only has one phone booth there. There is no internet. This place does exist. We're going to drop you off there. You won't have a computer or a smartphone or a tablet. You can use the phone booth located there anytime to call the boat. We'll come pick you up. How long would you last before you made that call? And what would you do while you were there? <laughs> That's a pretty good question. Um, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, some other people answer this question and I, you know, I wasn't sure how I would answer it when the time came, but, um, I'm torn because if I were there by myself, um, on this island and there were nobody else on this island, but this phone booth to let me leave when I wanted to leave. If it were just me, I think I could maybe, maybe stick it out for a week before I was going crazy being by myself. Um, but if there were other people around, um, if my husband was there, if my stepkids were there, if my family was there, yeah, you could take your, uh, you could take your husband, yeah. with you. you could take them with you. There's just no internet. Oh, okay. Oh, pfft. internet. That's fine. I don't need the internet to survive. Um, but if I could take those guys with me, I mean, I'd be happy for at least a couple weeks. Yeah. Good, a good two week vacation, especially in the, the winter of Vancouver where it's, you know, dull and gross. I mean, that sounds fantastic to me. Yeah, that's good because, uh, it's funny because some of my tech guests don't last very yeah. long. 
on there as you can Without imagine. the internet, yeah. And, and being that you still work with paper and pen, so maybe you could be a little bit more adjustable to the non-internet world. Yeah, you know, it. it would be tricky with it would be tricky with work, but I think I could make it. I could make it. I could make the adjustments ahead of time to make it work, even if I didn't have the internet and the things that I needed to, you know, typically use on the day to day. I think I could make it work. And so you just kind of chill out there, get to know the yeah, audience. Yeah, I think I would hang out, and I love to explore. I mean, you know, I'm not sure what would be there, but and how big it would be. But you know, let's go hike around the island and see what else is there. And you know, I would love to do that, and probably a little bit of lying on the beach. And hopefully, I would have packed some awesome books with me to read. Um, yeah, I think just exploring is, is my favorite thing. So lots of big walks and hikes and seeing what's around and hopefully there's some other people, there are some locals and, you know, maybe we can do some cool things with them and, and see what the Island is all about and, you know, maybe get some lessons on what, what might be traditional, some sort of traditional activity or anything like that. I think all that sort of thing would be fantastic. Awesome. Okay, Devin, yeah. we're going we're to wrap things up here. How can our listeners get hold of you? And is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today? Yeah. Um, how can you get hold of me? Um, we our our website's probably the easiest thing. So um, on therocksice.com, you can uh, head there. There's lots of um, questions that you can get answered. We've got some contact forms if you want to place an ice order. Um, our email's up there. So that's probably the easiest way. We're also on Instagram as well, um, on the rocks ice. Um, and Facebook, of course. Um, yeah, so that's if you need any ice, you need any chilling, um, yeah, definitely give give me a shout. We'd be happy to help you. Um, and is there anything else? I mean, I think just, you know, if you have a passion for success and you, you know, have um, a passion for something that you are either doing right now or, you know, maybe you have a little side hobby something that you love to do and you, um, you know, love it so much and you can sort of see down the road how maybe it could be something that you could do as, you know, as a job. Um, I think my advice would just be to go for it, you know, find some people that you can maybe test your product on if it's a product or talk to some other people who maybe have a similar service and see how their experiences were and just put yourself out there and, and try it out because you're never going to know if your business is going to be a success if you don't ever get out from behind the desk and try it. And I think some of the best entrepreneurs and some of the greatest companies have you know, started because people have taken that leap of faith and just jumped in there and, and gave it a shot. So that would be my last, I think, remaining little bit of advice and just to go out there and, and try it out and see what you can do. Great. Okay, Devin. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I've learned a lot about you and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Okay, great. We'll see you next time. Okay, thanks, Bye -bye. Robert. Bye. Hey there. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Vancouver's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes and then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. 
See you next time.